Hey, is this thing on? I am Queensman. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa and you are listening to the All Things Pelvic podcast where you get to follow my life as a pelvic floor physical therapist. That may sound a little boring, but real quick, let me break it down. I bring up topics that most people find difficult to talk about, but maybe it's time we get comfortable with discussing the uncomfortable. I always strive for real talk, good vibes, and mostly all things pelvic. Join me and my guests as we discuss healthcare, culture, and real life topics. Are you ready? Because it's time to take a page out of my playbook. What up guys, we are back and today, I know I say today is always extra special, but today is extra special, extra, extra special, because if you listen to my intro, the guy who helped me with my lovely intro is on here today. Cliff, please do, boo. <laughs> if you guys can only see how much I'm teasing right now. <laughs> He's like um, straight cheesing right now. I just made him smile yeah, so hard. I, I, I think I think I can go toe to toe for toe with anybody on you being my favorite person and how much it means to me. Um, I'm really really grateful for you, but to everybody what's going on, um, my name's Cliff. Uh, I go by the musician name C Millie. Um, if that is too long for some people, I completely understand. You could just call me C. C Millie is three syllables. It but you know people can like C Millie. People like like M I L L I E. I'm like no, it's like. Even why do they have to spell it out though? That <laughs> you, you're talking about. You're talking about people who can't like understand the difference between Cliff and Chris. I can't even tell you how many times over the phone I've heard Cliff. No, oh, no, dead. Chris, Cliff, and I. So. Right, oh my god. So well, <laughs> okay, yeah, and his music is very dope. His music is dope, and I know we worked hard on my intro and everything, but I personally think that is nothing compared to what you can do. So please go check him out, and we'll go over that where you can check him out and everything too at the end. But Cliff and I got into a bunch of conversations while we were talking about the intro, especially for this podcast and everything. And he had a lot of questions for me (laughs) about what I do on my day to day and kind of why I wanted to do the podcast in the first place, what the idea behind my Instagram and all that was. And that's why he's on here today is so he can ask me those questions. And then another important topic we wanted to bring up is that it is black maternal health week and now i let me tell you something i can't first of all can't keep up with any of these like days these weeks with like it's like national siblings day or it's now like all of these things but this is something uh that is very important not only this week but always so it's a topic that i wanted to discuss for sure but Absolutely. yeah um cliff if you had one question for me though if you had one question for me about what I do on my day to day, what would it be? What would it be? How do you how do you greet people like to <laughs> to get them to to feel your vibe when they because because every time like I listen to the podcast, you guys talk about like some real deep you know intense stuff to some people that may you know be a little on and off, but it's very very informative. But the way that you deliver it makes it comforting. So I'm, I'm curious to see, like, how you do that, you know, with your patients, maybe even people like you, maybe you haven't met before and they just set the appointment. Like, how do you bring that vibe 
in your in your field of practice. Okay, wow, you're about to make me like dig deep into my soul. I feel like here, especially that's what we here for. That's right. I was saving that's this right. for for the end, but I, it fits right now. Yeah. I feel like we did we didn't tell the people like how we got to the beat. Yeah. And I I remember the reasoning why we picked this beat when you said hello is this thing on because the beat itself shout out my boy Queens Bully. Yeah. Um, he yeah, made yeah. The beat. um it it made you feel like you were in a lobby. Right. And when you tap on, like, kind of give that mic, hello, is this thing on? Everybody draws their attention to you, kind of. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting, they're comfy, but they're attentive. So, like, I, I kind of want to bring that vibe in this episode because I think all things pelvic really, really can still house a whole bunch of things because it just depends on the people and the minds that receive it. So, yeah, tell them yeah. How, you, how you do it. Definitely. So, Okay. I kind of have a little bit of a basic answer that I guess leads into more of a deeper one. Um, I listen (laughs) to my patients. I know that sounds like it sounds like simple. It sounds simple, right? But I listen and I ask very detailed questions. So a lot of the times I'll just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like I've had painful sex. And I'm like, well, can you tell me about it? Can you tell me what happened? You know, was this with a partner? Was it with a stranger? Was it, with, you know, like I kind of like dig deeper into those things. And I do it in a way to make people feel comfortable, you know. And if I do see on my patient's face that they're not comfortable, I'll say, listen, we don't have to necessarily talk about it right now. However, I do have to ask you these questions in order to understand your plan of care a little bit better of what I'm going to do going forward for you and how to achieve your goals. So, Usually when somebody hears that, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you whatever you need to know, you know, at this point. Usually, too, if somebody is coming into a doctor's visit, they're ready for somebody, you know, they're ready to give out details, but unfortunately, they're not asked very often. So that's why I make sure to ask those questions. Now, where it does get a little bit deeper for me is that there have been plenty of doctor visits for me where they didn't ask details and they ended up being very important. And I finally had a doctor that I went to who asked me all those questions, spent an hour questioning me about my day-to-day, about my life, that made me question a lot of the things that I even do where I was just like, Jesus, am I at therapy? Like, I'm, like what? where am I right now? You know, like, am, right. I, am, I, am I at my hormone doctor or am I at a psychotherapist, you know, session? Like, what's going on here? And she just really dug deep to figure out what was going on with me. And this happened to me when I was in PT school. And it's something that I've taken with me um, to this day, to this day, because I was like, I want to treat my patients how this woman treated me. And that's why... I dig deep into those questions. So yeah, you know, sometimes I'll nonchalantly talk about my patient who's had painful sex and I'll talk about it on these podcasts and all these things. But at the end of the day, I really take my time out to listen to them, to see what's going on. Usually with my patients for the first like 10 to 15 minutes, you know, I'm kind of talking to you about stuff unless I already know everything. And I'm like, cool, we ready to get started. Did anything change? You know, what's going on with this? Then I'll get started with them. But a lot of the times, like, I, I want their care to change and I want their goals to be achieved, so I'll ask them those questions. That was a very long-winded answer for what you no, asked No, I me. love that because <laughs> – I no, I really do because that's exactly what I was looking for because I feel like 
I like like you said, I'm a novice in this in this space, and I'm very receptive because I want to know more. Sure. But I always try to like go back to the basics and everything. So in just the like the medical visits I've had, I know for a fact that when people are a little more um, warming and comforting, mm-hmm. I'm I'm more inclined to reveal more things. But also, I, just in general. I feel like you guys have to go past a lot of social norms to get the information you need. Yes. And a lot of people, some some people just don't understand that. Or maybe they just don't have that education. But that's why you're there to get that because you know how vital it is. And I was curious to see, like, how you add, you know, your personality because it's a, it's a good trait because you're able to kind of make people feel welcome. Sure. And if you're able to do that, you probably can get way more of the necessary, um, truthful information to kind of get to the, the right right space. So that's dope. Definitely. And you know what's funny? So there are two of my patients that I can definitely like pinpoint right now who followed me from my first job into my job now. And now, honestly, especially like after pandemic and stuff, they've they become my friends. You know, like I, I definitely consider them my friends. They do as well. And it was funny because I hung out with one of them recently, like for the first time outside of the clinic and they go, you're kidding. This is how you are in general. Like, yeah, they like, and they didn't, you know, they kind of like didn't put two and two together. So that's another thing about me too. You know, like, while of course I'm professional at work, but I'm also still myself, you know, like my personality is going to come out in that too. And I, again, that is how I tend to make people feel comfortable. Now, with that being said too, you definitely have to have a certain personality, I think, for pelvic floor work. You do have to know how to um, ask certain questions. You know definitely about me that, like, I don't really have a filter with certain things. You know, like, I kind of say what I want. It is something that I am working on in general to, like, not have as much of a filter. But I can talk about whatever. You know, like, I, I really don't mind talking about many things. And I think that's another thing, too, is that, Again, these people are coming in for very vulnerable. They have very vulnerable symptoms and like very vulnerable things going on. So the fact that somebody's even asking them these questions, like that's enough for them to to say, you know, to say like, okay, I now feel comfortable with this person and I'm going to tell her like whatever she wants to hear. Is that always though? No. You know, like I even had somebody last week who was like, I do want to tell you everything I just can't right now. So I do, I mm. like tried to give them a chance to do that. I said, listen, like I can, I can hang out for a second, you know, and just like, I'm, I'm willing to just like hear you out and like, let you get it out. And they were like, I really can't today. And I said, okay. I said, okay, you know, and like, let's keep moving forward. And it's something that I think she's working on too, in order to give me like her full story. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to do like, is it like a two-part appointment at that point? Like, yeah. Like, so, um, how many po- appointments have you had to chain together to get one appointment? Uh, I got <laughs> somebody's some yelling. I was gonna I'm, say I'm somebody's, in the park. somebody's yelling in the apartment right now. <laughs> we on pause. We on pause. All good. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're this is real life. That. This is straight real life right now. Um. We have a student, we have a student right now, and I joke around with her that 
I sometimes don't fully evaluate my patient until visit two or three, if that makes sense. Because it's kind of like, I don't get the full picture sometimes of a person until that third visit, because at that point, I now know your personality a little bit more. You know, I know if you're doing your exercises or not, you know, like I get a vibe of the person that I'm kind of dealing with. And um, then I go from there, you know, like, okay, if this person isn't doing their stuff, what can I do for them to then make it easier during their work day? Like, can they do something during their work day? So I really, okay, to answer your question fully, I try to learn my patients as much as I can. You know, I don't look at it as just this like, okay, I have another patient coming in for this diagnosis. What would I do for this diagnosis? It's more so what am I going to do for that person to get them better? Because somebody, there are three people that can come in with the same diagnosis and I'm going to treat them all differently. Right. Do you think um, it's it's like uh, accepted everywhere as, as fact that, at the fact of you're going to need more than one appointment to kind of really get to the nitty gritty or is that more so your style? Unfortunately, with pelvic floor PT, yes. Um, regular PT, even reg- even even orthopedic PT, hospital, whatever it is. Um, we're con- we're conservative treatment. You know, PT is conservative. Where we're working on getting you stronger. Like muscle takes four to six weeks in order to see a difference in strength. Or um, we're trying to teach you different movements so that you're pain free. Like that takes practice. Uh, mm-hmm. I do have though people that come in that are like, please just teach me whatever exercises you can, you know, like I'm okay otherwise, and they want to come in for like a one and done appointment, that is more than fine. But I kid you not, at least 80% of those people end up coming back for more appointments because after a full evaluation, we figure out, actually your core is very weak or like your glutes are super weak. Like your posture isn't the best. Like there's something going on, but if a patient ever says that to me, I'm like, cool. I'm going to give you everything that I can within this session. However, I, I would like to follow up with you, whether that's in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it is. Um, you know, I could call you too, just for like a quick phone call. You doing okay? Great. If not, I think you should come back in. Um, so yes, most of the time I am seeing patients way more than that one visit. Always. Yeah. So the so the bond itself and that like that trust of communication is really the anchor of everything around. I don't I don't that's what I'm hearing. Totally. I you know you hit a certain relationship with um with your patients and stuff too where we're sometimes the first people also that that do truly listen. Unfortunately, I luckily Mm -hmm. work with a handful of doctors who listen to their patients you know and i'm very very grateful for them but a lot of people don't unfortunately you know a lot of people are kind of like it's a quick 10 minute visit oh your knee hurts okay here's a referral for pt and then in both of my jobs we see patients for an hour i'm with my patients for an hour it's it's a long time to be with somebody and not talk about things like not talk about your life and um that's one thing that i always make sure to do though is that like this session's about you so a lot of my patients of course ask me like oh how is moving you know or how is you know how is this about your life like are you dating right now you know a bunch of of course they're going to ask me stuff about my life but i always make sure that it backtracks to them no matter what too um i always think that that's very important 
I can go on a rant about anything, literally anything. Um, <laughs> That's a gift. <laughs> that is a gift. I don't I've know if it's it. a blessing <laughs> or a curse. I don't know which one it is, but... That's why I called it a gift, because, you know, you can get a, a, a toy box and you can get some coal. I'm not saying it's cold, but I'm just saying, you know, like, it's the... <laughs> it's, it's broad, the possibility. That's right. That's right. And, um, yeah, so... That, yes, it goes past that one visit. I, I would definitely say it goes past that one visit. And they're also long visits, too. So I definitely try to get to know my patients as much as I can. I am all about habit breaking. That's a big mm-hmm. thing that I'm about. Because I can give you all the exercises in the world. But if we don't change some of your habits throughout the day and some of your movement patterns, then you're probably not going to get better. I love how you use therapeutic. Because I was actually talking about that earlier this week. And I feel like there's a big difference between therapy and things being therapeutic. Yeah. Like, I run, and it's therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm able to see or reveal things about myself just of pure exhaustion because I don't have anything else in my mind, and it's great. I don't expect everybody to have that. People call it a runner's hire. They call it whatever. I just call it therapeutic. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with you adding therapeutic um traits or gifts that you have in your practice or whatever that you do and it, and it's really essential for what you do so I really do commend you for that because a lot of people shy away from it because they're like I'm not trying to be anybody's therapist but mm-hmm. but you're not you're right. just offering something that may be therapeutic to someone but it's not one your control because you can't tell someone this is therapeutic it's just being open to it so I, I really do like that Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it for sure. I think, um, I mean, clearly I advocate for my patients, right? You know, like I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have started the Instagram. I wouldn't have made the podcast if it wasn't for them. Right. And as I, I was one of these patients, you know, also at one point. And so that. That post is powerful, by the way. What'd you say, honey? I said, your post was powerful, by the way, the other day. I I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I will unpack that, guys, on an episode as well. But I will go through all my pelvic stuff, you know, that I have been through on my own. And it's something that a lot of people don't realize about me because I do tend to hide my feelings very well. You know, I put on a happy face usually. I am also, I am a positive person. Don't get me wrong, I have my moments, like, where I'm complaining about stuff. But then the next second, I'm like all right, well, what can I do about it and how can I change it? So, um, yeah, I will unpack that for sure. But, yeah, I, I was one of these patients as well, you know, so I do understand the vulnerability of it. One of my colleagues actually treated me recently and she had to do some internal work on me. And, you, you know, when you're the one on the table, oh, it's a different ballgame. You know, it's a completely different ballgame where I literally, I said to her, I was like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, so it's kind of, I like needed a second I needed Mm -hmm. a second before it happened and she's somebody that I trust like wholeheartedly trust but when you're on the table it's tough and uh that's where I tell my patients I'm like listen like only here to help but internal work is not something that I also force on people either you know is it beneficial Mm -hmm. and am I listen I get on a soapbox about it if I think it's going to be very beneficial for you but I also take things out of my toolbox as well. I've had patients that aren't comfortable with me using my fingers, but instead we might use like a dilator. I might have them 
work on themselves too. If that's what they're comfortable with, that's what we're going to do. So it's like, I I have to also, we, I mean, all therapists also have to think outside of the box as well to make your patient comfortable. That's really good because that's a lot of critical thinking for a lot of sensitive Mm -hmm. um, offerings. So the fact that you can flex your empathy muscles by putting yourself on the table, um, from time to time, kind of gives you that reminder to not really skip over things. You know, like I know when I used to like work for Apple, sometimes you you doing something so repetitively over and over and over and over oh, and yeah. over again, you know, you kind of feel like you have a groove. So, you know, you can you can work in a certain way or you can do this or you can do that. But when you put yourself in someone's shoes or you have that feeling, it, it, it gives you more reason to kind of stick to the right way of doing things. So that's good. Thanks, man. Of course, of course. All about gratitude. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that definitely leads us into our other topic at hand, too, talking about advocating for patients all the time. So like we mentioned before, it is Black Maternal Health Week now. Heavy topic. Mm -hmm. Heavy, heavy topic, especially after freaking 2020. Um, And I hate to say that, too, because – and what I – okay. I'm going to bring up BLM for a second. So Black Lives Matter, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, always a thing. Always a thing. I just think that I call 2020 heightened BLM. Like it was, it was heightened because more people were starting to fully understand what it actually meant. You know, I even, unfortunately, this is very unfortunate, but I definitely have had friends who were saying all lives matter a few years ago. And they finally understood why that wasn't okay in 2020, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it, and the, and it, I think in my head, in my head, I'm kind of like, well, it took you long enough, you know, like it took you long enough, but, but. I'm very grateful that people are learning and they're willing to learn different things about the racial disparities that are within our country, our world, our society, our towns, our little, you know, like our little bubbles even too. I just feel like it's very important to understand. So one thing I'll say is like, even though I am a woman of color, I'm still not a black woman. You know, like I'm not, and I know that there's a difference there. There's a difference there. And I've had these conversations with some of my friends, some of my patients that I've talked to, because some of my patients will say, but Alyssa, like you're a woman of color, you get it. And I said, but you know what? Like my parents went through more racial issues than like I have. And don't get me wrong, literally like three months ago, some this joker was walking down the street, saw me and said, go back to your country. This is in New York City. This happened, right? So it's and and that always freaks me out too because I'm like, I live in New York City. Why is this happening here? You know, that's just weird to me. But racism is a true thing wherever you are. You know, so like, yes, that type of stuff happens to me. But like, my parents, you know, like my dad was telling me like he didn't get a certain job because of his skin color. You know, like fortunately in in our generation. That is breaking, you know, that's breaking a lot more than I think like what our parents had to go through. So what I always say back to my patients or my friends who say that, I'm like, yes, don't get me wrong. Like I I wholeheartedly understand that I'm somewhat within the category. But after looking at some of these stats that I have pulled up that we're going to kind of discuss, like black women and men go through a lot more than these, you know, than other races too. And, um, I know that that's, there's a sticky subject there. Cause it's like, 
where do you draw the line? Look at what's been happening to the Asian Americans right now, you know, like in this country with all the hate crimes and stuff too. Like it's, it's weird. It's where do you draw the line? But, um, one thing that I wanted to bring up. Okay. So first things first, there are a lot of pregnancy related deaths and there are racial and ethnic disparities between those, right? So the most amount of women that this happens to is black women. The second is women of other racial ethnic populations. So that's just kind of like a generalized category. And then the least amount, but it's kind of wild. Cliff, can you see this? Can you see this picture? Do you see where the least Stop amount playing. is the white women? See like at the bottom, but there's yeah. a big gap in this guys. It's like, it's a huge gap as to the difference of these. And then guys, I saw it and I don't believe it. I know it's true, but I saw it and yeah. I don't. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. So I actually posted something similar today. Now, we'll go over the definition of a pregnancy-related death. So a pregnancy-related death is defined as a death of a woman during pregnancy or within one year of the end of their pregnancy from a complication. A chain of events is usually initiated by the pregnancy or the aggravation of an unrelated condition by the physiologic effects of pregnancy. So long story short... Pregnancy-related death is due to a complication within pregnancy, right? That's kind of what that whole thing was saying. Now, according to the CDC, Black, American Indian, and Alaskan Native women are two to three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women, and this disparity increases with age. Another thing, yeah, Cliff's like not okay right now. I'm 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 trying to be studious because I I, I want to unpack um, yeah. what you said about heightened Black Lives Matter, but yeah. it's it's going to be a little bit. So I I want everybody to kind of learn as 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 we're going back and forth before I take it that route. One thousand um, percent. So after this, I'm gonna let you go. Okay, I'm of gonna course. let you speak. Uh, all right. So this last one is cardiomyopathy thrombotic pulmonary embolism, and hypertensive disorders of pregnancy contributed more to pregnancy-related deaths among black women than among white women. Now, I definitely have my thoughts on this that I'll unpack, but I want you to talk first, okay? So talk to me about what you thought of, like, even when I just said heightened BLM, and then what you think about those stats that I just read out. Um, sorry if it takes me a lot to, to get through this, guys, but... Yeah. It it triggered me, and and it didn't mm-hmm. trigger me because I don't trust you. The reason why I'm on this platform and I'm I'm being vulnerable this way is because it's a safe space, and you created this, so you should give yourself a pat on the back. But I I know for a fact how traumatic last year was, right? And I'm happy you said heightened Black Lives Matter because if it's heightened Black Lives Matter and everybody's looking at it in shock, I think. Two things that are forgotten. Um, Number two on that list is just in general. If it's heightened Black Lives Matter for everyone else, then that means the trauma that Black people have to live with consistently has now been heightened. So now when I go through my regular nine to five and I try to find myself, I try to do all of these things, you know, I, I told you off this, but I don't mind saying it now. Like, I have to, you know, work on getting some of these deaths out of my mind because for the entire time that we were quarantined, you know, I'm seeing this over and over and over again, not just on mainstream media, but all over social media and everything. And you want to feel connected. 
and this is your only way. So you just feel kind of trapped. Um, but I say that's number two because I do agree with like the overall consensus. Like you know the one of the number one of the bigger reasons one of the bigger issues that's forgotten is the black woman. Um, and I think that stat that you just gave, um, people should really really look at that because if everybody was heightened with their issues and this was already a statistic, you know. They, they, they need to really, 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 really be looked at and checked and, and like and just making sure that that extension out for for the mental, because it I don't know what's considered a health crisis. Like, I don't have that expertise, but it's alarming. Yeah, and um, scary. When, yeah. When you think about it and we're both empathetic people and you take a step back and try to zoom out. There's been a lot of times where I've wanted to just zoom in because what I'm mm. seeing wholly it just it, it it feels a little scary like it, it feels tough but no one's like I'm, I'm not saying no one's doing anything but sometimes it can feel hopeless um so yeah. you kind of really really um just have to make sure you, you just check in with your peoples and just, just doing the best that you can just in general as a person because everybody has felt something very very heavy and a lot of people are having a tough time expressing that and yeah. um yeah we really got to be be there for each other you know yeah and I it's it's interesting for you to say too like you kind of compared me saying heightened BLM so the way I thought of heightened BLM too is that I'm now seeing more people kind of come out and say more things that's how I you know like that's how I reflect Mm. on it whereas for you it was a way more traumatic experience. Like, you you know, we were talking about before we started recording how you like to go out for runs and look at what happened to Ahmaud Arbery. Like it's, you just, so it's like you, you're kind of having to deal with that now along with this amidst quarantine. Amidst <clears throat> quarantine, too. So there's so many of these changes that are going on. So, and I know this is heavy. Hun, I can see it on your face. I see it on your face. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, heavy. it's like, I, I guess I can I can say it, you know, and I told you, um, but I like like I said, like I, I don't I don't mind wearing um wearing me. Um Yeah. It's it's yeah. very tough to get that video out of my head still. I you know, and I'm not I'm right. not gassing it. It's just right. I, I cause I actively do it. You know, yeah. like think about it in its in its primitive form, right? You go to the movies to watch superheroes and you watch Superman, and he's doing all this cool stuff, and then all these kids think they're Superman, they want to fly, da, 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 because it's in their minds, you know, their imagination, but you're feeding the, the good part of the imagination. If I see somebody that looks exactly like me, doing exactly what I do, mm-hmm. and being in exact um, spaces, because I did go to Penn State, and there's a lot of places in central Pennsylvania, I'm not trying to call out any spots, but you know, some, sometimes you, you have that feeling um, I can't imagine, you know, people in those spaces because I left that. Right. I, I I can't imagine like it. It it really really is bigger than people understand, and I think the f- people just really need to listen. Like like you do it because you you know the purpose behind it and you're a good person, but I think people really really need to just adopt that in general because right. that's what's needed people really need to just truly listen. Like how you, you saw the difference and how you took height in BLM. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even, I didn't even notice the difference because once you said it, I got triggered and I just was like, 
yes, it's a safe space. Let me just go all out. Yeah, you know? and say how you feel. And that's that's how I took it, which is a different, you know, it's a different vibe. So even when you just brought it up before too, I, I literally said in my head, I was like, oh, shit. Did I just say something to trigger you more did you not like what i said you know and that, that's what i always try to understand too and and mm-hmm. obviously it's not that you felt that way about it you just you thought of it different because for you it was heightened in a very very traumatic way you know like in, in a in a very traumatic way and i i feel like there was a lot of things kind of happening during that time too that a lot of people do need to work through on both ends now, mm-hmm. on both ends. Because a lot of people, a lot of my friends um, either who are white and stuff too, they were coming out, they were saying things, they were sharing resources. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was like, this is great. One of my friends who's African-American was like, I don't like it. Why didn't you say anything before? You know, kind of, you know, got annoyed about it. So what I said to her, I was like, listen, I, you know, like I completely understand where you're coming from. I get it. You know, like now they're saying something and it's because things are heightened. You know, like there's a lot more posts out there about it. There's a lot of these things happening. Unfortunately, people do post things on social media for attention and not because they actually mean it. However, I was like, people are finally doing something. So we do need to also look at it from that way too. Mm-hmm. And then she did kind of talk to one of my other friends about it and they like, they were fine. You know, like they, they talked about it and it was fine. So I think that there's also, there was that to kind of work through, you know, like is your friend posting it because they care or are they just posting it to like for attention? What is it? Like what's going on? There are more things that you could be doing. There were campaigns that were out there. There were plenty of, you know, things that I signed, you know, so that it could go through um, and stuff too. So like, I think like people were just like in this weird state of learning over and over again too. But I think that it was at least somewhat of a step forward. You know, it's unfortunate that this is all happening, but I think it really has brought to light, you know, like what's happening to a lot of people, to a lot of people absolutely and you said one thing you do well is listening but knowing how to listen is also important Mm -hmm. because you just have to be aware of the other person as well like where they are yeah that's what you're, you're also listening for you're not just listening for the wording if you know a person especially like is going through something and you know who they are or you know where they're coming from is 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 from a space of emotion usually you got to be patient, yeah. you know? You can't just tell someone, like, you know, don't get mad at this person because, truthfully, they, they, they have reasons to be upset. And they're right. Exactly. But just to slowly reel them closer to you in more of, like, a comfort level because it's, like, it's not like I got you so you could be quiet. It's, like, I got you so we can move forward together. Like, yeah. that's, that's important. That's, yeah. that's the the part of listening and that's why I can like talk about that go into that space because I know when we speak you're listening to hear me you're listening and you're being patient you know you're 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 reading all of these things so when I do you know fight off those emotions I can come back and you know we can we can get back because like I I understand that I have a purpose bigger than a lot of things that's messed up in this world right now and I'm trying to find that. And um, 
I think the important thing that I, I guess I want to bring across is, you know, no one is telling you to live in that mental prison, mm-hmm. that mental prison of, of seeing all of those images. And I, I, if it's, if it's not only black people, you know, if there's other allies that have those traumatic images and stuff like that, because we all did view it. Um, no one is telling you to live in that mental prison, but I think everyone should be telling each other to come closer and understand, be patient, and try to find some common ground because this is it's wild out here, you know? Yeah, no, 1,000%. And then that kind of, that brings me back to the stats that I mentioned before too and like trying to understand them. Like why is that? So when I sent them to you the other day, you know, I tried to kind of think about like, why what do i think about this and why is it and why is it now unfortunately today a patient emails me telling me she had an issue with the doctor because of racial issues she was like Alyssa, i you know she was like i appreciate you referring me to this doctor but i don't think you should refer any other black patients to this doctor and i literally was like what happened so i'm not gonna like fully unpack that here want to keep her privacy at bay um but i i was like jesus when does it stop (laughs) when does it stop and um you know and and i was well aware of this though you know beforehand when i referred her to this you know to this person and stuff too and i was like oh my gosh so i have a lot of things to say about like why i think those stats are the way they are now you mentioned geography before Right. Yeah. I think that plays a huge role in into like where somebody grew up and where they're located. Unfortunately, and there this is a true stat too. I don't have one right in front of me, but people of color live in more low income places. That just is what it is. Um, now, there are many white people that also live in these low income places. However, people of color take take precedent over that, especially black people of color take precedent. So you are now living in a low income area, getting less money, most likely too, you know, in general, because of living in a low income area, you know, you're not living in the best area now. And then, unfortunately, and this is where our healthcare system is flawed. If you don't have a lot of money, a lot of the times you're not getting the best healthcare. And that just is what it is for a lot of things. If you don't have good insurance behind you, even if you get insurance through your job, there's usually a deductible of some sort that you need to kind of like hammer through first. And a lot of people aren't willing to pay that. Um, so they either go to the cheapest doctor or they don't go, or they don't go. So that's where even just looking at that type of stuff, kind of going back to basics, like even going back to our initial conversation of going back to basics a little bit, that's yep. kind of what I think about as well so a lot of these women may not have been fully diagnosed with a heart condition like might not have known that they had a heart condition so when they are telling their ob something or their midwife or their doctor who's about to deliver their baby they don't even know that they have a heart issue because it was never diagnosed in the first place so that's where i think that there's a big discrepancy with that however why they also brought up these stats though is because there's also a lot of racial issues with practitioners and not fully understanding black women. 
um, and not having their voices amplified enough. And that is, uh, that's where it gets into things that are a little bit more deeper on a deeper level. Whereas me, like that goes back to kind of like trying to understand certain things too. I just went to the basics with like thinking about income and all these things. Now, are there plenty of black women and black families that are higher up? Yeah. And hell yeah. You know, like, hell yeah. That's amazing. I live for seeing people of color and black families do their thing because my family is one of them, you know, where my parents didn't really come from much. So to watch that happen is a beautiful thing. But in most of America, in most of America, that's not the case. It's not the case. You know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take a, a turn at going back to basics to try to pull this together what I'm hearing. Um, I was raised around a lot of women. My mom's the youngest of 12. Um, I was that one baby that they pushed around the shoulder, the stroller, you and they're like, this is my little cousin. <laughs> um, so I was just always around that love, but I was also around the ugly size as well. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of strong um, mentors who I call queens. And just in general, when they're, when they're in spaces and when they deal with people, you can tell when people start acting a certain way when they're intimidated. And, and they, they, they don't give the same type of services um, to them. And I've seen that with my own eyes. I don't know how prevalent it is, you know, in the space that we're talking about, but just on a basic level, on a, on a people level, like I've seen that felt. So I, I don't know um, how high that is, but I was wondering if like you agree or is it is it a little different? Do they Do they give, you know, ways to kind of alleviate that or is there a space where they can report those kind of things because i feel like it is a a reality so if it's a reality is it um accepted as a reality in the in the common practice okay and this is something that hits home too but i unfortunately don't have an answer to that i don't think there's a place somebody can go to to report that unless it was malpractice of some sort unless somebody treated you gave you the wrong thing there's really i i don't think so now this is where my lack of knowledge comes in too um because i fortunately not have had to deal with that because i am not like that as a practitioner you know i am not and i will never be like that as a practitioner um that's why i praise you all the time because it's like i i don't know how rare you are but you are a rarity you know i I wish it was don't make me (laughs) blush oh my god i I gotta hand out the flowers when i see it but it's just like you know you gotta you gotta build that up because we want more of you you know like that's why i'm happy you have a platform but i'm so happy that you just brought that up because especially with what this week is you know trying to amplify like i'm happy to look into that i'm happy to look into that and even you know kind of rally for change for that too for people to report this so now what one of my patients did was she just called our office you know and she just said listen like I I would really appreciate if you guys don't refer more people and she also spoke to me privately as well <clears throat> spoke to me privately and I said noted you know, very much so noted you know like I, I I hear you and I'm here you know I'm here to talk to you about this and stuff too we are going to talk a little bit more in person um 
about what happened and I because I, I want to know details honestly I really do even though it's going to be hard to hear I want to know the details and she actually said thank you for that though too she was like okay yeah like I'm, I'm happy to talk to you about this and now I'm trying to help her like she now prefers like she wants to have a black practitioner and I not not from me from like from the one that I was referring her to and she was like and I was like yeah yeah and I'm happy to help you look um What's unfortunate there is that they're not easy to come by either, you know, so that that's another thing. But that's a really good thing to bring up. And I need to look into that. I need to look into that for sure. Now, there are like workplaces that have that. Like you can go to HR and report, you know, and report these types of things. But I, I don't know if there's one in the healthcare field. And like if anybody's listening to this and you do know it, like please reach out to me and like let me know. Um... Yeah, that's where I... send me some info too. Like anyone that that's like, yo, Cliff, you said something wrong, or yo, Cliff, da 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 da. Yeah, that's I'm... the thing too. Like I could be saying something wrong, and like somebody's like, uh, no, there was very much so, you know, something, you know, like. And what I do know is, I was speaking to one of my employers today, and she was like, "How can people do this? Like, we took an oath." Like, we took an oath to treat all people, to be respectful of all people, any color, any religion, any, you know, anything. And um, she was like, it's sad that this is a thing, you know, that this is unfortunately, um, unfortunately a thing. But can I, can I go back to basics real quick on, Always. on that part? Always. Because yeah. let's go back to geography for that, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, depending on where you are, um, you can be in a very safe, um, protected bubble. And I call it those two things because I think um, I'm, I'm trying to go from an elevated space of not judging. But I'll share a story. Um, I used to work for um, J. Crew at one point. I, I had a lot of you know professions while I was trying to find my path and my purpose. And um, I remember one day after, and and this you know has nothing to do with his. Uh, political motives and stuff like that it's just him as a person for me as a black man um when donald trump was elected uh jesus i was sorry. working that day <laughs> you know, i'm he, sorry you know, <laughs> i'm sorry guys that is one thing i will always have no problem saying my opinion and not i'm so sorry i did not mean to cut you off like that but no, i hate no, i'm sorry no. i hate that man okay like uh, okay go ahead <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's, it's good, and that's why, you know, I love when we chat. Yeah, I, I hope, yeah. you know, we can do this again sometime, too, because this is this has been therapeutic for me. Good, um, good. But uh, when they were praising him, like, basically they were saying, like, you know, he's going to clean things up, and he's going to... Uh, I, don't, I don't forget the... I don't remember the exact wording, but it was kind of like bringing structure and order. And I found myself, like, trembling. Like, and I, I wasn't, like angry in the sense of like i wanted to say something but it was like i'm in your presence as a black man and i i, I study history just just so i could stay safe stay aware stay protected um just in case things repeat itself and um you know the central park five is something that i knew about before when they see us and i had to watch when they see us i did watch it once it was amazing i do think anyone who doesn't know the story should watch that but you know donald trump put an ad at that time to to advocate for those for those men dying and here i'm working in a place where the leader could switch up or 
could have just done that to someone that looks like me yeah. that that again participates in activities that like i do you know like being in a park where it's, it's a bunch of rowdy people you know you take color aside it's just rowdy people and it's proven that they didn't do it you know just being at the wrong place at the wrong time and to have somebody say they want to take your life like that yeah. you know what i mean it's just it's crazy and i'm able to unpack that now but in that moment in time like i had to hit an e-break i had to tell my manager yo can, can i can i sit in the back for 15 minutes yeah yeah and a lot of people don't understand like that 15 minutes was eight well what well, was was it eight thank goodness was four years yeah. and 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 that's 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 why i wanted to you know have people understand that your bubble and your geography is not an excuse anymore right because our traumas are heightened and a lot of people are reaching their breaking points. A lot of people already have reached their breaking points. And I thank the universe every day that I'm not one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I can meditate and zoom out and understand that I'm not a prisoner of my emotions. And you're not going to take that power from me. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you control. And it doesn't matter how you're going to do it. I know I've got to be a good person. I know I've got to be, I've got to be better. I just know it. I feel it. And thank goodness I do. Because every day, like, people kind of, like, well, not, I'm, I'm going too too off the wall. No, but no, okay. just just that that aspect. I just feel like people really need to start paying attention, you know? Yeah. And I think you just ended that perfectly, is that people need to pay attention. Like, I actually tweeted something last night. <laughs> I tweeted, so I was literally like, for anybody that doesn't see that racism is directly in front of your face, I'm just, I'm genuinely praying for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm genuinely, like, I actually feel more bad for you than, than anything because you're just, you're really not paying attention. Like, this is not just bad apples. It's not, like, it's it's more than that. It's more than that. Um, do I think people can make mistakes? Of course, make mistakes every day. I make mistakes every day. But a lot of these things that have happened, they're not mistakes. They're not mistakes. They were intentional. And if you don't see it, then I truly think something's wrong. Like, and that is, like, my true opinion. But I also consider it a fact, honestly. You know, like, it's, it's one of those things. Um... But I think you just put that perfectly. You know, you kind of just, you, for somebody else, for somebody else, they may not have felt that way, you know, about voting Trump in and stuff Mm -hmm. too. And um, now you went as far as also to like, you were trembling and stuff. Like I I remember when, when I found out that he was elected and I just remember being like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was like, what? like what is this like are you kidding me and um that's you know that's how I felt but like it even hit you in a way where it was you had a physical response you know like you had a true true physical response to that and I think again it goes back to understanding where people are coming from and that's actually how I would like to end today's episode because I have um 
There's this woman, and I'm going to shout her out for sure in the description of this podcast. I'm going to tag her in it when I post it. She posted about um, Black Maternal Health Week, and I think she just put everything perfectly for everybody to understand. So I'm going to read out what she said, okay? So she said, Maternal mortality within the U.S. continues to be on the incline with no singular reason behind it. The many factors of why we are losing mothers of color all lie under the basis of lack of understanding and human empathy. With this platform, my goal is to educate and help others to realize what is happening right before our eyes. Statistics are evident, evidence that black mothers are dying. This list of health conditions is evidence that gatekeepers of our medical care and our communities have the power to change it. This list is filled with conditions that have been studied and researched for many years. Have practitioners taken the time to understand them in relationship to the black woman? Heavily considering all the risks and listening to the voice of a black woman about her health. This is something for us to consider as we all desire our professionals to know a condition in and out if it were us or our loved ones, right? Yes, healthcare as a whole must change. Yet the landscape of humanity has to first understand and accept that the loss of a life of a black woman means something. This is a heart posture change. Let us rally behind black mothers. Share the information you will learn on social media this week. Stand up when you see something wrong. Continue to educate yourself if you are a black woman and desire to birth children. Continue to educate yourself if you are not a black woman on health disparities so that we no longer live in our own bubbles and can help others get the care they need. These things can save lives. That's a queen that... um needs to be protected understood respected and praised because yeah that's 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 it i'm glad you found that yeah me too and let me hold on one second i'm gonna see if i can pull it just like and when i read it i was just like this like this is this is what needs to be said. Mm-hmm. This is what needs to be said. Her name is Dr. Justine Roper. Justine. Dr. Justine Roper. Yeah. And um, I think she's great. <laughs> I think she's great. I've actually, like, you know, we've spoken in our messages a few times, and I'm definitely going to tag her in here um, when we release this episode. And I just think it was kind of like a perfect... Way to end things. You know, I we hit a few points on here that I think are important in general. Um, a few points in general is to listen. Fully listen to somebody even if they have differing, differing opinions on, on something. I think that's very important to understand when somebody has a different opinion. Now, Cliff, you and I definitely have matching opinions on all things. But even as we were talking here, there were different topics that we just spoke about that we we took them differently because we and we took them in differently and unpacked them differently because we are different people at the end of the day who vibe, right? We very much so vibe, but we're different people. So I think that's also really important. And I think just continuing to learn, continuing to just learn, listen, educate yourself please (laughs) please just educate yourself and stop like stop trying to sugarcoat the things that are right in front of you absolutely and and this dialogue is so necessary and i'm grateful to be a part of it 
and it shows the beauty in it. Mm-hmm. But I think this is where patience come comes in because it was it was tough to get through a couple of the topics that we talked about. Yeah, for sure. But beca- because I knew you saw me and you listened to me and I trust you, you were patient with me, I was able to get through it. And I yeah. think that's what I really, really want to stress with people. You got to be patient. You got to be okay with the person not coming to the table but still sitting down so you can feel it. It's going to be a little scary by yourself, but I promise you somebody is going to see your effort and somebody is going to want to inform you on how to sit properly or how to extend your hand to have this dialogue. It's not impossible. Yeah. You just got to be patient. 1,000%. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that too. Um, now, some positivity though. Where can hey. people find you, see Millie? <laughs> oh wow yeah no chatting and then they're gonna hear some of my songs they're gonna be like whoa this is not <laughs> this is not the guy who was talking about all this stuff yeah be you mine. can find me shout out be mine yeah <laughs> uh you can find me on um uh all social media uh, social media handles um i am c millie uh, probably gonna be tagged but i'm on spotify i'm on apple music all streaming platforms um and if For some reason, you cannot hear a song or it's not playing right or you want to give me a review, you can definitely slide in the DMs. Uh, Even if it's love or or constructive criticism, I'm always responsive for feedback um, because I just want to evolve as well, you know, with the music. So, um, yeah, check me out. I got a music video on YouTube. Um, Way more content on the way. Um, Dropping another uh, project this summer. Um, I should I should be announcing that soon, and yeah, I'm just gonna try to keep these good vibes going through through the airwaves. Yeah, and I just want to thank you for being on here. You know, I know we you know unpack some heavy things today, but it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm really happy you were on here today. Absolutely, so happy to join the lobby. <laughs> Thanks, hon. Anytime. Thank you guys so much for listening to the All Things Pelvic Pod. Have questions, concerns, comments? Want to share your story? Remember to follow me on Instagram at the underscore pelvic floor playbook. DM me, share my stuff, like it, and let me know what you think. As a reminder, this is not medical advice by any means, so don't be out here doing a bunch of nonsense in these streets. If you need me and want a vibe, you know where to find me. I'm out.